0: Welcome to the Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Praise God. Well, one of the things that Wade was saying um, about today is that if I did have a title, it would be Hunger in Pursuit. That would be the title of my message today and the reason that is is because um because you know this was birthed out of John 4 um if I if I take us on a little bit of a journey a couple years ago where God and you guys all know part of it and so but I just feel like I need to release part of it too so that we can all move forward where God wants to take us so that you understand um and so in January uh, on January 7th of uh, 2019, God spoke the word, the well, to me. And when he spoke it to me, he dropped it in my spirit. God speaks in many different ways. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was a knowing on the inside of me. I heard it. It was clear. I knew it was there. And I knew when he spoke it to me that it was, um, that it was a church or a ministry. And in that moment, I wrote it down. Wade was in the bedroom. I remember because I was praying and fasting at the time. We were in a corporate fast Uh, with our church at the time and so I was in in prayer and fasting and uh, I went into the bedroom and I said Wade you're not going to believe this but I believe God just spoke a church to me the name of a church or a ministry because there's the lack of confidence when you first hear the voice of the Lord that sometimes there's this feeling of what what does that mean And that's exactly the way I felt. I didn't know what to do with it. We were very connected to the house that we were in. We were serving in ministry. We had been in youth ministry for six years at that point. We were youth pastors and so I wasn't looking to do something different. I wasn't looking to do something different. But I had a hunger and and that hunger was a drive. Uh, I had gone through a season in my, in my own life where I was questioning everything. Why do we do church the way we do? Why does it look like it does? Why doesn't it, why don't we see more fruit from it? Why do people still struggle with the same thing year after year? Why, why, why? All the whys, you know, I wanted, I wanted God. I wanted some answers. I wanted to understand, you know, and, uh, and I was hungry. I would gotten to a place where I was really dissatisfied uh, with, with my own fruit. And I wanted to see more fruit in my own life. And I wanted to experience God in greater measure. And so he had already begun to stir that hunger on the inside of me. Before, you know, 2019 got here when he spoke the well. And so, and so I told Wade about it. And I uh, began to seek scripture And he took me to John chapter 4, to the woman at the well. I'd never really studied out that passage of scripture much. I knew the story. I was familiar with it. I'd read it because, well, that's what we do. We read the word of God. I was familiar with it. But it became rhema. It became revelation word. It became alive in me. And all of a sudden, I went to John chapter 4, verse 10. And I saw these four words, and they jumped off the page. They jumped into my heart into my spirit and it says jesus replied if you only knew those four words if you only knew who i am and the gift that god wants to give you you would ask me for a drink and i would give to you living water and in this moment jesus is having a conversation with a samaritan woman and the thing about the samaritan woman is that this particular samaritan woman was an outcast in her community she had done too much she had committed too many sins And so she would not have been welcome in her own community. And she found herself at a well with a man, a Jewish man, which in those customs in that time would have been against the law, the traditions of the time. And she found herself at a well in the middle of the afternoon, not even a time when women would go and draw water from the well. They would typically draw water from the well in the evening because that's the beginning of the day to prepare for the next day. But she walks up, she sees this man here, and he asks for a drink of water. So, Nathanael, would you just roll? I don't know if any of you have watched uh, The Chosen, but the very last episode of the first season is John 4. And would you not allow the sound to show? I'm going to narrate just a little bit. I'm going to let you watch it. Try not to be too distracted, but it's a beautiful scene. And if you've not watched it, I highly recommend that you watch it. But here's this woman. There's Jesus making his way up to Jacob's well. Really wonderful thing about Jacob's well, is if, you, if you read in John chapter 4, is that Jacob's well is a deep well. It actually still exists today. Jacob's well is still in existence today. You can still draw water from it. That's amazing. And so here's this, here's this well that Jesus finds himself at, and he had told his disciples that, that he was hungry And so would they go get food, and he was going to wait here at the well because he knew he had an appointment and that there was somebody coming that he needed to meet with. And I believe that we are much like that, that we have appointments that Jesus wants to meet with us. And he wants to introduce himself to us. And so here comes this broken woman who had been judged by her community. She had been married five times. She had five husbands, and she was living with another man. And she comes to that well to just draw water, and she finds this Jewish man, who she should have no contact with, asks her for water. And she says, sir, what do you mean? I'm a Samaritan woman. And here it is, you want me to give you water? And he begins to have a conversation with her. Won't you play the sound, Nathaniel? Beautiful, isn't it? Just beautiful. (laughs) And that's it. We want to chase after him, you know, like he's so far and distant. And really, he's waiting for us. (laughs) He's waiting for us at a well, at a well to give us a drink. And that's where the well was birthed out of. It's that if we only knew. And we come in here because we're hungry and we're thirsty. Right? We're hungry and we're thirsty. And this was birthed out of a really hungry group of people nathaniel this is i'm gonna play this for you it's uncomfortable for those of us that were there so i am not i will apologize for those of you that were present this was our i think it we looked at the date and this was in february of, of 2020 right and this is the sound that was being released from the heart of the people that were there God responds to our hunger. He just does. He responds to our hunger. That was a small group of hungry people. We just wanted Jesus. We just wanted to meet the man at the well. And we just knew if we could just come together, right, Ken? That's all we wanted. We had tasted and seen other things that didn't satisfy. And I think we're all at that place in our life at different times where we've tasted other things of this world that don't satisfy us. We continue to try to fill ourselves up with those things, just like Ken was talking about earlier, what Brittany was saying, the things that we need to lay down in our lives, the things that don't belong there anymore, and he's waiting at the well. And he waits there for us, and we come and we receive, but we never fully receive. or some of us don't fully receive the drink that he's actually providing for us. Because we come to just take a, to get close to the well, but not actually drink from it. You know, we, we want to get, it looks good, it feels good, it's good for right now, but we never really drink fully of him. And he does, he wants to give us a drink of water that will forever quench our thirst, that will be forever satisfied. Satisfied with, with a desire to continue to return to the well over and over and over to be refreshed and renewed and just like that woman sometimes we could come to we can come to Jesus and we feel like all he sees are our sin all he sees are the bad things about us all he sees are the 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 parts of us that are damaged and the parts of us that feel unclean just like the Samaritan woman she felt unclean unworthy she wasn't even worthy to be in his presence but you know, the amazing thing about Jesus and the story of the woman at the well is that Jesus, Jewish people would have chosen another route. They would not have even gone through Samaria. They would have avoided that place because it was so unclean in their minds. But Jesus went directly there and he he made a place for himself. And he waited. And when you read on about there's this thing, there's this transference that takes place. And if you go on to read in the story in, in John chapter 4, and the disciples get back with food, and, and Jesus, uh, they go to want to feed the Messiah. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine? And he says, I eat a food that you do not know of. And part of that is our dedication. Part of that was what that transference that took place in that Samaritan woman's life. History tells that her name might have possibly been Photony. That would have been her name. And you can read about some of her history and you'll find out that she went on. She is considered many things. And obviously first she was the first evangelist. She was the first evangelist that saved her whole town. They stayed in Samaria. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) but isn't it interesting that he did that with the woman first right he does he values all of us and we are created equal in the kingdom of God we are neither male nor female Jew nor Gentile but we are all equal in the kingdom and, and in the eyes of God and it is a beautiful thing and so she saved her, her whole community, not just that, but her family. And if you read her story, it says that she went before one of the, one of the most awful kings, King Nero, who was destroying all Christians and, and everything in his path. Most gruesome and grotesque leader in history almost. And she goes before him and she challenges him and she doesn't back down. And, she, and she's persecuted and crucified for it. But she stands her ground. And until she gives up her soul, she survives and she lives to tell the tale. So not only was she an evangelist, but then she became an apostle. Because she drank from the well of a man that said, if you'll drink of me, you'll never thirst again. We limit ourselves by not fully drinking of who he is. And we have to learn to live in a place where we actually do seek him first. That we seek him first and all the rest will be added unto us. I just have a couple of notes here today because it's been an interesting journey. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, So above all, chase after the realm of God's kingdom. And the righteousness that proceeds from him. And righteousness, he is righteousness. That's who he is. He's righteous. He's righteousness. And righteousness includes justice, goodness, and virtue. That is who he is. And so we see very limited and limited perspective and limited view. Just like Dan was saying, we don't necessarily know fully what's ahead of us. And it takes a step of faith, not only to step out in obedience with a yes, but it takes a step of faith just to allow ourselves to drink from the well. Because we want to continue to identify. And not only do we continue to identify with our lack and our brokenness, but we want to keep other people in our life identifying with their lack and their brokenness. And we need to allow people that we love and care about that we know are broken and hurt we need to allow them to drink from the well, and we need to allow them to heal, and we need to receive them as new creations in Christ, because that's what happens after we drink of the Father, is we become new creations in Christ. We lay down our old man, and we pick up our new man, and we walk in righteousness. And we're not a sinner saved by grace anymore. We are not a sinner. If we continue to identify with our sin, we'll continue to sin. But we need to recognize that we've been transformed by the renewing of the mind. And that's a daily transformation that takes place. And that I realize that I am seated in heavenly places. And that I'm actually a citizen of heaven. I'm no longer a citizen. I'm a stranger in this land now. And he has marked me as a peculiar person. Not just meaning that I act strange, and I do. On occasion, act strange. (laughs) But but peculiar actually means marked or sealed, sealed one. That's who we are. And Photini, he wasn't condemning her for her sin. He was. He didn't condemn her because she had been married five times and was living with another man, and we want to condemn, condemn people for their sin. That's what we want to do because we live in a culture of punishment. People have to pay for what they do. That's the culture we live in, but that's not kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is say, yes, I see that you're in sin, and I see that there are these things in your life that God doesn't want there, and he has a better plan for you, and we pull them up and out of that place. We don't condemn them and keep them there. And I think sometimes we've used that passage of scripture as a weapon. But I think this video does a great job of just expressing the compassion and the love that Jesus had for her. He said, I see what you've done and I still love you. And I still want you. And I still desire for you to drink of me. I still desire for you to be a messenger and a carrier of my word to people all around you. Don't live in land of less than. We're too hungry. And we have this desire for pursuit. And you know, have you ever been in that season where just nothing satisfies? Like it just seems like I'm just not satisfied with, with anything. And it's because he's saying, taste and see that I'm good. Taste and see that I'm good. Chase after me. And we don't even have to run that far. Because he's really just waiting. He's really just waiting like he was at the well. So interesting to me that he'd sent the disciples away. He gave them an assignment because he wants one-on-one time with you. He wants one-on-one time with you. Away from the crowd, away from the noise. He's looking for you to just lock eyes with him and allow him to pour new revelation and identity of who you are into you. So that then we can run this race that's been set before us in victory. Does it mean that everything is going to be perfect? And that there aren't going to be those moments where we mess up royally? There are. But you know what? He's still waiting at the well. He's still waiting there for us to come and drink of him again and again and again again. In Matthew chapter five, verse six, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. He is righteousness, all of it. He is all of it. And he is the only one that can fill the void. We will fill that void up with a number of things, with everything. We'll fill it up with our family, with our children, with our job, with our farm animals, right? Yeah. Those of us that far. We'll fill it up with alcohol, with streaming television shows, with gossip, with lies and envy and jealousy. But he takes all of that and he says, Here, he's handing us a cup. And, he, and he's reminding us that if you only knew, if we truly only knew who he was, then we would recognize that, none of, that all that other stuff is second best. It's second best. It's not ever what he intended for us. He intended so much more for us. And on this second anniversary of knowing where this birthed out of, out of that two-car garage... There was no way we could social distance in that little thing. But we crammed, what, 25 chairs in that room. I was so close to Lucas because he would lead worship. (laughs) I could smell his breath (laughs) when we would worship. But it didn't matter because the presence of God was there. And we were drinking of a purity of Jesus that is, is the foundation of this house. And so it's part of our culture. And you hungry people, this is a place where we can come and be filled. Because it is the well. Jeannie you've been being called to the well, honey. Right? <laughs> Kept going. He keeps telling me to go to the well. I was like, oh, does he? He he orders our steps if we're just obedient to what he wants. And so I believe that he has an appointment and a time for you as well. As well. (laughs) It's just there every time, Daryl, every time. Every time. I remember one of the first services. That Daryl was there, and all he did was lay across the front. Do you remember that, Daryl? And it's a small space, so he was, like, taking up. It was right like this. (laughs) But we were just in awe of what God was, how real he was in those moments. Here's the danger, though, when you've tasted, is that it's real easy to become satisfied. It's easy to become complacent and be like, yeah, this is... This is enough because I've never tasted it this good. So I'll just stop right here and sit a little while. But that's not what he intends for us. He really doesn't. And we say this a lot here. He intends for us to move from glory to glory, Bev. And from heavenly realm to heavenly realm. And I had a hunger then, but I have a different kind of hunger now. And he places that hunger in us. And he desires to fill that. And it draws us back to the well to drink again over and over and over and over. And this is probably not going to be a place where you're going to be able to be really comfortable. Yes, thank you, Lord. Because there's an amazing thing that happens when a bunch of hungry people come together there's a fire that begins to burn. And there's a feeling in the atmosphere that is like, wow. You can sense the longing and the hunger that's there. And it's a drive for us. And so we commit as leadership to not allow you to become complacent, nor are we going to allow ourselves to become complacent because there's more for us to receive from him. More presence, more power, more purpose. That's our vision statement. We want more of his presence. We want more of it. We want to know him rightly, and we want to know him intimately, and we want to know him in such a way that it's not a pursuit for his power, but through our pursuit of his presence, he unleashes and unlocks a greater measure of his power. And as we begin to reflect him more and as we begin to look look like him more and as he begins to clean up the inside of this vessel to begin to look more and more like him, he begins to reveal our purpose. And we begin to understand more what the mandate is on our life. And just like Dan being an igniter and him stirring us up to give our yes, there are those things that won't leave you alone. Which happens to be part of the very word that was spoken over Wade, that caused him to finally give his yes. It won't leave you alone. It'll just keep nagging at you and pulling at you until you finally give in to it. It's not to torture you, but it's because he's got a great plan. He's got a great It's beautiful. And sometimes we just want to feel like we have greater knowledge and understanding of what our life should look like than he does. And we don't. I mean, he is so cool. And it's an amazing ride. It's an amazing ride. We've shown that makes me think of that uh, image of the Holy Spirit with the little kids on the roller coaster ride, you know, and I don't know. Anyway, we showed it a while back. I think Brittany shared it when she shared some time back. And and that little kid, he's just glinching that roller coaster and his hair looks all crazy. And he's like, this is what it looks like, you know, riding with the Holy Spirit on a roller coaster. And it is true. It feels a little bit like that. But he has been so faithful and good. And it was so interesting <laughs> the way he orders every moment and every step, if we'll allow him to do that. Even the little things, like with Wade this morning, we were sharing a little bit because, you know, um, we like to flow with the Spirit here. And we want to know what God is saying today. We want to know what deposit he wants to make in the body and how he wants to move in your life today. We don't want to come in with such a tight plan that we can't allow him to do and be who he is. And it was so interesting because every time Wade would lean over to me or I would lean over to him and we would share something, he'd say, I was just thinking that, or I just felt that too. Or even as far as communion, I leaned over and I said, wait, I really feel like that people should come up and get communion today instead of passing it out. He said, I was just thinking that. That's wonderful things. You might have just thought, well, what a hassle. I don't want to walk up here and get it. But I guarantee you there was a reason that God wanted you to make that walk up here to get it on your own today. Because it takes a moment of surrender. And it's a walk of faith. And there was a reason that God wanted us to walk up. And partake of it today and not just have it served to us. He's in everything. He is in every moment if we'll allow Him to be. And He will transform your reality, He'll transform the way you live your life. And you don't have to associate with your previous identity. I mean, wouldn't it be something? What if we ran from the well after we took a drink, like she did, into our community? I mean, Nick, you've seen firsthand what can happen when you step out in faith, when you just make an announcement in the school cafeteria. Anybody want to read the Bible? Eighty-five students show up, right? Yeah, yeah, give him a hand. That's incredible. incredible and nick likes to say it like this he said i just had this thought that i should do (laughs) this is the holy spirit leading and guiding and directing and that's what he does and nick had to give his yes to do that you think that's easy for a high school student to do in a high school cafeteria no way no way Uh uh-uh Do you think it was easy for Sophie to go pick up that flag over there and wave it in front of everybody in the sanctuary? Uh Uh-uh. But it's an act of obedience. And it's a yes that unlocks. And they're all, all like drinks that we take of the Father. And every one of those unlocks something else in the heavenlies. And we don't fully know the impact of Nick's Bible study yet. But we're believing that blessing and transformation is going to come. And I fully believe, I fully believe, because I've heard the word of the Lord, that the revival that we're waiting for and we're expecting is on the inside of this generation. And so you know what those of us that are not in that generation, what our responsibility is? And I I do believe that it's um, the 35 and younger generation that will, will see the next revival. The rest of us, we need to begin to blow on the embers, on the inside of them. And we need to ignite them. And we need to encourage them. And we need to release them. Because there's a pureness on the inside of them to see and to know Jesus in an authentic way. No more church as standard traditional church. We have to break off those molds because they've not produced fruit. They've not produced the kind of fruit that God wants to see. He is ready. He is ready to unleash his glory, but he's waiting for his sons and daughters. We refer to Romans 8 here a lot. But that's what he he is waiting for that. And we need to release. Part of the mandate on this house is to raise them up and release them. Raise them up and release them. What can we do? How can I come alongside you? How can I come alongside Nick and encourage him and make sure that he's equipped to lead those students at Berrien Springs High School? What can I do to help him? What can I help Joel and Michael do, the influence that they have? In their community? What can I do to help Lucas and Sam? What can I do to release them into the calling that God has for their life? What can I do for Lee to release him and ignite the fire that's on the inside of him? That's what I want to know. What can I do for Sophie, who we know is just revival fire? That's just who she is. That's just who she is. And those are just a few. Just a few. Don't stand back and wait. This is, this is the time to rise up and step out. step out. Let's not wait for somebody else to come along. Let's pursue God. He's waiting for us. He's waiting right there. I mean, like, like the woman at the well. He was waiting for her. He's waiting for you to come and take a drink. So that then you can go and do what he's called you and charged you to do. And to live a life that's not a life that's a defeat and brokenness. He wants us to live a life of victory. And he doesn't ignite us for our own purpose and our own destiny. But he does that so that we can build his kingdom. And I'm very excited about the kingdom of God. He is shaking a lot of things, but you know what happens after the shaking? Scripture says whatever's left is spirit. Whatever's left is God. So let him shake it. Shake all he wants to. Shake all the things, all the structures. Let him shake it, because what will be left will be spirit. And that'll be the pureness that God wants to see on the earth. This feels like a real rabbit trail, actually, a little bit of everything. But I believe it's because it is the anniversary. And we need to remember why we why he took us on this journey to begin with. And I want to be so wrecked, like you could have just sat there, like the whole that whole song. Just wreck me for you so that there's not a thing left, right? Anybody else where I look so much like you that people don't even see me? I don't know how that happens, but that's what I want. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com. Connect with us on social media.